listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to show you today, we're going to be talking about how to build wealth through supernatural creativity. And if you've not shared the broadcast, now's the time to do it. This is going to help you um, a lot in 2020 because many people do not believe that they have the ability to do anything. Like, I'm going to explain that to you in a moment. It blows my mind to hear Christians talk about themselves and their abilities and what they can't do. Um, And so we want to get into this, but This is an extremely important topic because it's something that belongs to you as a Holy Ghost filled believer, which we're going to talk about today. And it's something that you should be operating in and activating as a believer, not just so that you'll be blessed and that you'll overflow, but so that you can fulfill what God's called you to do, which is to be a blessing to your whole generation and to those that are around you. You're to overflow so that you can be a blessing to others around you. So this is an extremely important topic, how to access your divine creativity so that you can build wealth in the kingdom of God. And I want to start by um, turning to Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're going to read a verse of scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 8. And by the way, thanks to everybody that's popping the scriptures in the comments section. I really appreciate you guys for helping me out. And it helps also for those that watch later. So thank you. Deuteronomy chapter eight is going to be our opening text for this thought today. And um, it's going to help you to understand. Let me start actually with a story. I was uh, doing a youth conference probably 12, 13 years ago, maybe, maybe even more than that, maybe 15 years ago now. I was doing a youth conference and I had sat down at the computer in Photoshop, <clears throat> and I, I had sat down and began to uh, design um, a postcard. It was, it was kind of like a handout, a full-color, uh, graphically designed postcard handout for the conference so that when I got there and I, and I took my session and started to teach, uh, everybody in the, in the crowd could have this full-color uh, postcard, which was really the whole outline of everything I was going to teach them. But I also did it so they could take it with them and never lose the revelation uh, that I was teaching them. And they'd have an outline and kind of notes to go back over what I was teaching them about life as a teenager. And so I, I put this all together. Well, I got to the church. And when I got to the church, the 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 host, the youth pastor who was the host of the conference came up to me and we were talking and he had the box because I'd shipped them to the church and he was pulled one out and he was looking at it. And uh, he was like, wow. He was like, you know, these are amazing. He said, I really love this. He said, I'd love to be able to do stuff like this for my youth group. And, and this is what really bothered me that he said and started, you know, 15 years ago, get, go, making me go down this trail of thinking like this and studying this out. He goes, I really love these. I love the way they look. They're so helpful to the students when, when you're teaching and preaching. He's like, I would love to make something like this also. He said, I, I wish I could do what you do, Brother Ted. He said, I just, I just, I'm not good with computers. When he said that, I'm not good with computers. And he went on to talk about how he doesn't understand computers and all this other stuff. And when he said that, 
I felt a check in my spirit. I felt like an anger come up in me. And you know, that's an odd thing because I'm sure there's a lot of people that say stuff like that. But talking to him, knowing he was a minister, not, not just a Christian, Holy Ghost filled, a minister of the gospel. And he said, man, I wish I could do that, Brother Ted, what you're doing, but I'm just not good with computers. I don't know this stuff. I can't learn this stuff. And it angered me. It like popped up in my spirit. Um, and I, I literally like said immediately, I was like, aren't you filled with the Holy Spirit? And, he, and it, like took, it like took him back. He was like, well, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I am. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, stop saying that you don't know things, can't know things, and you're not good at things. And then I quoted in the scripture that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit teaches us all things. He's our guide. He leads us and guides us into all truth, all truth. He guides us into all truth. And I said, so stop saying that you don't know something or you can't know something or you're not good at something. I said, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you have a divine advantage over everybody else because the literally the spirit of God and his wisdom are living on the inside of your physical body, inhabiting your body. The same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead is living in your body. So I said, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, don't tell people you don't know something or can't know it or can't learn it or you're not good at it. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. He's your guide. And as somebody just quoted in the comment section, Angel, you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. So never as a, listen, let me start by saying, never as a Holy Ghost believer say, I can't do this or I don't know this or I don't know how to do it or I'm not good with this or whatever. You have the Holy Spirit. He's your teacher. He's your guide. He is the one who empowers you to do all things through Christ. And so we want to start, and that's why I had you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, because the title, and there's my friend, Pastor Jordan Work. Um, we have this title today that we're dealing with, How to Build Wealth Through Supernatural Creativity, which belongs to you as a Holy Ghost-filled believer. Look at this, Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want to read verse 18, which is probably very familiar to you. Um, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So I want you to listen to this because it's interesting what this verse does not say, and it's interesting what it does. It does say he gives you the power to get wealth. It does not say it is he who gives you wealth. It says it's he who gives you the power to get wealth. I'm empowered to acquire wealth. I want you to write that first thing in the comments. I am empowered to acquire and obtain wealth. I am empowered by God through the covenant to acquire and obtain wealth without question. Without question, you're empowered to do that. As a believer, it's part of your covenant. It's part of your Abrahamic covenant. You know, God did this for Abraham. And showed this to Abraham, even before Moses, and said, I will bless you, and I will make you a blessing. I will bless you, and I will make you a blessing. And we know that if we belong to Christ, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29, Paul writes to that church and says, if you belong to Christ, 
then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You're Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promise. So you belong to the family of Abraham and you're empowered to be wealthy. And God said through uh, Moses, you are empowered to obtain or acquire wealth. And that's what I want you to write and never forget it and never let anybody talk you out of it because it's biblically based truth. I am empowered to acquire and obtain wealth. Then if you look at uh, Joshua chapter one and verse number eight, as Joshua is getting ready to take over leadership of the people of Israel from Moses, look at this because God is speaking to him and teaching him how to succeed in what he's called to do. Listen to this. The Bible says, this book of the law, this is Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that's written in it. Now watch this. This next part is going to open your eyes. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Did you just see that? God told Joshua that if he would take the word, God's word, and meditate on it day and night, don't let it depart from your mouth, which means you're constantly speaking it, and then be careful to obey everything that's written in it, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So we can safely say, by looking at these two verses of scripture, by looking at Deuteronomy chapter eight and verse 18, by looking at Joshua chapter one and verse eight, and then what I quoted from the New Testament about the Holy Spirit, that through the leading, guiding, and teaching of the Holy Ghost to you personally, and then through obeying God's written word, you are empowered to acquire and obtain wealth. No question. No question about it. Because of my obedience to God's word, I covered this yesterday from Job 36, 11. If they'll only obey and serve me, that's God, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Psalm 84, 11. God will not withhold any good thing from those who walk uprightly. That's holiness. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. And if you study Matthew 6, the things he's talking about is not spiritual things. It's clothing and where you work and uh, where you live and what you eat. It's natural things. So because of my obedience to God's written word and my willingness to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and allow him to teach me all things, I am empowered to obtain wealth without question. That's a scriptural. And then you go on and read through the New Testament, understanding God gives us systems to obtain wealth, like sowing and reaping. And one of the redemptive benefits of the blood of Jesus, according to Revelation 5.12, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth. Wealth is the second thing listed of the seven in Revelation 5.12. One translation says riches. 
So it's a blood-bought covenant right of the Holy Ghost-filled believer to obtain wealth and riches, without question. Without question. If you've not put it in the comments yet and you're just jumping on, pop it in the comments. I'm empowered to obtain wealth and riches by the, by the Holy Ghost, without question. Without question. I'm empowered to obtain and acquire wealth and riches. And I don't mean spiritual wealth. You've already been given all spiritual wealth you can get. There's no more to get. Read Ephesians 1.3. The Bible says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. In heavenly places, in Christ. Without question. Hey, Chloe. Chloe, this is going to help you today massively for what you're doing right now. So know this, but Joshua 1.8 then you shall make your way prosperous. Let me just, let me submit a thought to you for those of you that are watching. If somebody that's a Holy Ghost filled believer is not prospering in life, it is never God's fault or his will. It is always their fault. And that's a hard pill to swallow because of the way things are taught today. But I'm going to say it again so that you understand. If there's any Holy Ghost filled believer on the earth, that is not prospering. It is never God's fault, nor is it his will. It is always the fault of that believer. Always the fault of that believer, without question. I'm looking at people right now in the comments section that are building wealth by the Holy Ghost ideas and creativity that God's given to them. I'm looking at Chloe, who has now started her own business where she's doing photography and graphic design and web design and all of that. And people are hiring her now, even as a college student. And she's making money doing that. I'm looking at Britt Lukens, who God gave the idea to start the cake pop business. And she makes some of the best cake pops. I Not some of the best, the best. Starbucks doesn't have better cake pops and whatever bakery they buy from. She has the best I've ever tasted anywhere, anywhere. And people are putting in massive orders to order her cake pops. And, and look what's happening. God's blessing her and her family. If any believer does not prosper, it's never God's fault, nor is it his will. It is always the fault of the believer. And I'm going to talk about that for a minute because why would it be the fault of the believer uh, if they're not prospering? What could the believer be doing wrong if they're not prospering? And this is not what today is on, but let me run over it quickly because it, it is important to understand what we're talking about. Um, what could a believer be doing wrong that's causing them to not prosper? Well, let's talk about the basic stuff. They're not willing to work. They're not willing to work. And the Bible is uh, like vehemently against people who aren't willing to work. So much so that the Bible says that someone, a man who will not work and provide for his family is worse than an infidel or somebody who leaves the faith or is not part of the faith. Worse than somebody who rebels against the faith. Faith, Someone who refuses to work to provide for their family. That's what the Bible says about, about a lazy person or someone who's not willing. The Bible says if you don't work, you're not qualified to eat. Think about that. Anyone who, is, who does not work is not qualified to eat. Then what, what does it say about lazy people in the book of Proverbs? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, and poverty will pounce upon you like a robber, like a thief. And poverty will steal from you any good thing in your life because you're lazy, 
because you're lazy. Let me tell you, Jesus was not lazy. And let me tell you, the disciples, when they were with him, there were times of laziness and then Jesus rebuked them for their laziness and look who they became. They became uh, fruitful, resourceful, uh, diligent workers that turned the whole world upside down in the first century. Paul, let me tell you, Paul was so diligent in working, so diligent in working that he didn't even mind bragging about it to the churches who had false apostles that were saying, well, we're better than Paul. And we're, he said, oh, really? Those, those, those super apostles think that they're better than me? And then Paul just starts literally teaching in his letter to the, to the church about how, oh, if they think they're better, let me tell you about my credentials. I've preached more, I've traveled more, been beaten more, been shipwrecked more, been persecuted more, fasted more, prayed more, spoken in tongues more. Paul just lays it out. He said, you think, they think they're, they're more diligent than I am? I'll prove to you that they're not. These quote unquote, and he uses sarcasm here, these quote unquote super apostles. Paul was diligent. Paul was diligent. The disciples were diligent. Jesus was diligent. God's men who were blessed were people who would work and work hard at what they were called to do. I'm not talking about busyness for the sake of busyness like we have in this culture today where everybody's running around, you know, spouting off at the mouth about the word hustle, but they're not ever hustling. They don't hustle. They just post a lot of Instagram pictures to make you think they hustle, but they don't actually ever get anything done. But the Bible teaches that if you obey God's word and if you're filled with the spirit, you've got the ability and power not only, not only to learn anything, but to obtain wealth. You will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success without question, without question. And so I want to I hit this today because I'm talking about being able to build wealth through supernatural creativity. Every believer is supernaturally creative if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. He is the spirit of wisdom. He's the spirit of wisdom. He's the spirit of creativity. Let me show you something. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Genesis chapter one and verse one, check this out. The Bible says, you probably don't even have to turn, you can quote it by heart. In the beginning, God created. Five words that start the Bible. Stop right there. In the beginning, God created. Your father in heaven is a creator. He is creative by his nature. He's creative by his nature. You, he is the creator. And so I want you to think about this. Not only is he the creator, but I want you to go on and see this with me, that the Bible tells us that God created man in his image and in his likeness. Hallelujah. In his image and in his likeness. So if you're created in the likeness and in the image of God, and he blew his breath of life into you as he did to Adam. So no one could be a living being without the breath of life. He blew his breath of life into you and made you a living being and you're made in his likeness and image. And guess what? You are also a creative being. You are also a creative being. You have an imagination. You have a mind. You have the mind of Christ. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We need to cover this. Because this right here will show you 
that you don't have just a natural mind, you have the mind of Christ, which makes all the difference in the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, check this out. You need to confess this, by the way, over you every single day. God created man in his image and in his likeness, and he's creative. That means you're creative. Well, brother, I'm not. I'm just not creative. Oh, really? You weren't created in the likeness and the image of God? See, it's not that people aren't creative. It's that they never tap into their creativity by the Spirit. Seriously, I mean that with all my heart. Well, brother, we've just got some people that are creatives, and then we, there's others of us that there's not a creative bone in our body. Every bone in your body is creative because it was made in the likeness and the image of God. Every tendon, every cell, your brain, everything about you is creative. And I want you to write this in the comments, everybody that's watching. There is nothing I cannot do. There is nothing I cannot do. Pop it in the comments. And never forget that. There is nothing I cannot do. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 16. Listen to this. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And so I want you to declare that not only right, there's nothing I can't do, I have the mind of Christ. I've got the mind of Christ. So if I've got the mind of Christ, that means I've got access to divine thoughts. I've got access to divine leadings. I've got access to divine truths. I've got access to divine um, ways. I've, I mean, methods, strategies. I've got, I've got access to all of that. Why? Why do I have that? Because I've got the mind of Christ. And if I've got the mind of Christ, hallelujah, there's nothing I can't do. Nothing I can't do. I can accomplish anything, anything. I never, ever say, you know, I, I believe this so much. I literally believe this so, so much. I don't believe the whole, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I don't believe that. I do not believe that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's not in the Bible. That's not a verse of scripture. <laughs> That's a colloquialism that I don't believe. I believe no matter what age you are, you have the mind of Christ. And if you have the mind of Christ, and if you've got the Holy Ghost, and if you've got the ability to operate by the word of God, that no matter what age you are, you can't be past your prime and you still have supernatural ability to learn new things. No question. Do you know most people, they start playing the piano when they're like five or six years old and their parents start them on it and then they get a love for it later. Or maybe they start at seven, eight, nine, ten. I didn't start playing the piano until I was 17 years old. 17. And I've never had any lessons. Not one lesson. I've never gone to piano class. I've never gone to university and studied music. I've never, uh, I've, music theory, I've never done any of that. Ne never. Never have I ever done any of that stuff. But I have the Holy Spirit. I have the power of impartation. And so the Holy Spirit anoints me, anoints my mind, and I can study to show myself approved. And the Holy Spirit helps me retain that knowledge, gives me abilities by his power, by his spirit, 
And so even though I started so late in life, I didn't say, well, it's too late for me now. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. No, I began and was diligent and the Holy Spirit helped me. I didn't truly learn. Ben, Ben is playing. Ben is killing. I remember when I first met Ben for the first time and he was just starting to play the bass guitar. If you, if you can't uh, see on Facebook or Periscope, Ben's commenting on YouTube and Ben plays the bass uh, in, in Georgia at World Harvest Church. And I remember, what was it, 10 years ago, Ben, 2010, and I came to the church for the first time and Ben was just picking up the bass. Ben, how old were you in 2010? Tell me how old you were uh, in 2010. I'd love to know. And now I just got back from there in January uh, and Ben's still there playing faithful and it's 2020. It's only 10 years later and Ben is crushing on the bass guitar, crushing. He was, he was 40 years old in 2010. Who would think, I mean, th- tell me this, who would think that you could start learning new instruments at the age of 40 and now 2020, he's 50 and crushing it on the bass, killing it. But who, who would ever think, you know, well, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, brother. He was 40 years old and picked up the bass guitar and started to play by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, by diligence, by diligent study and practice. And look at this, 10 years later, now he's 50 and he's killing it. I mean, just so skilled on the bass and anointed. Look how God does. You have access to the mind of Christ. You can do what others cannot do because of the Holy Spirit that lives within you. It's supernatural. You know, it's supernatural. I wish Ashley Melton was on today. If you are Ashley, drop a comment. Ashley and Ted Melton, friends of ours, um, wonderful people. God's blessed them. But you've heard me give Ashley's testimony on um, here on the the broadcast before. And uh, I I know she doesn't mind giving glory to God for it because it came from God. And if, if she was on, she would comment. But Ashley... Um, hands were laid on her at one point. She gave us this testimony. She said the power of God hit her. And then the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, started showing her and teaching her all of these letters that she didn't really know what they meant. And then guess what happened? She found out by Googling and looking online, the letters that God was giving her were actually the shortened. Oh, of course. Of course, Ashley's here. Ashley, get, this happened, what, two years ago, this testimony? <clears throat> Ashley gave this testimony, I think two years ago, that the Holy Spirit started giving her a leading and she started seeing these things in her spirit, in her mind. And uh, literally, she didn't know what they meant until she started looking at it. And then she started realizing that they were the shortened um, letters that that are used for uh, um, the NASDAQ and the stock exchange to see what the company is that you're trading, the shortened company name. And she started, and then the Holy Ghost, guess what he did? started teaching her about day trading. Literally, the Holy Spirit teaching her about day trading. And God started to bless and bless. Buy this one, sell this one. Buy this one, sell this one. And God started blessing her. And financially, she started increasing. What is she doing? She, Yeah, she's still walking it out. God's still using her. Two years it's been, she said. And God's still using her. I'm not going to ask Ashley how old she was because she's a lady and you don't ask ladies how old they were, but let's say she's at least 25, at least 25. And so at 25, we'll say, because 
I love Ashley and I'm not going to ask her how old she is. But two years ago, let's say even if she was 30, God spoke to her and gave her ability. She didn't have to start in college at 17 years old, 18 years old and start studying the stock. See that? She sees ticker symbols for stock. She, she can see it by the spirit. Look at that. Britt's been given testimony. God's been blessing her during the fast. Got four orders last week for the cake pops. You can do anything. There's nothing you cannot do. Hear me. Hear me teach this. There's nothing. You have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. You don't have to go sit in the... I mean, if you do, God bless you. If God blesses you within a corporation, do that. If God's blessing you that and you're moving up through the ranks, but you don't have to if that's not your thing. God will give you an idea for your own company. Imagine this. You could be working at a company God give you an idea for your own company and you're doing that when you're home from work, doing it on the side, making all that income there, making all that income at your, at your job. God, God did that for me. I mean, I was working with my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, and God began to bless me. And of course, I was blessed working at the church. But then when I'd go home, I'd take my computer out and begin, God, that's another thing I've never had training on, you know, web design, graphic design, marketing, print design, all those things. But just by the gifts, talents that the Holy Spirit has blessed me, I started a marketing and design firm, started designing websites for everybody and print design and uh, political campaigns and all these other things. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars were coming in because of something I did on my couch with my laptop, literally on my own time. But because the Holy Spirit teaches you all things, You've got the ability to operate with the mind of Christ and it will build wealth for the kingdom of God. You know why? People people don't want to tap into their creativity and I'm not dissing anybody in particular. I want you to hear this from me. Some people never tap into their creative abilities that God's given them because they're lazy and don't want to do anything more than the bare minimum to get by. That's just the honest truth about how some people think. Book covers, that's right, Mindy. That's just the honest truth about, uh, truth about how, how some people think. They don't want to do anything more than the bare minimum to get by in life. Have you ever seen a person that works at their job like that? That works at their job like where, where, they, where they basically, they do all they do at their job is enough to not get fired. Have you ever seen that? Look at Caleb. Caleb's another uh, unbelievable um testimony of, of God doing this, Caleb Van Oy. Uh, it happened for him as well. He would sit to edit a video, did video editing, and God would show him what to do. Sometimes he'd have to re retrace his steps and figure out what he did because the Holy Ghost was teaching him how to do video editing and did the video editing for Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's television program. So look at a young man like Caleb and, and God did the same thing for him. And that's what God does. God gives you and has given you the mind of Christ. You've got the leading of the Holy Spirit. You have the ability to do all things. There's nothing impossible to you because you believe. All things are possible to them that believe. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> when, when Jesus said that, when people read what Jesus said, they always take that to mean it has to apply to a healing miracle. You know, if somebody's believing to get delivered from cancer or, you know, diabetes or blind eyes and say, all things are possible to them that believe. And that's true. It does apply to healing miracles and creative miracles. 
But do you know when Jesus said all, the word all encompassed anything that could happen. And so when Jesus said all things are possible, check this out. That means all things. That means for you to start a company and be successful and have the ideas and the wherewithal and the wisdom to make it happen by the Holy Ghost, all things are possible to them that believe. If you're a believer, all things are possible to you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. <clears throat> Go with me to uh, <clears throat> the book of Isaiah chapter 55, or excuse me. Yeah, let's go to, no, let's go to, yeah, let's go to 55, <clears throat> Isaiah 55. And let's read two verses of scripture. Can I encourage you with something while you're turning to Isaiah 55? If you don't have any way right now to log the ideas that the Holy Spirit is giving you, you need to develop a system immediately and I'll give you access to my system during this broadcast. But you need access to a system immediately, immediately to begin to log the ideas of God. In fact, let me do that now while we're thinking about it and talking about it. And I'm giving you practical things because understand this. And many of you that are watching me, you may have had this happen to you. To where maybe God gave you a divine idea or, or showed you something and then you didn't write it down or anything. So later you just completely forgot it. And you're like, oh, what was that that I heard in my heart, my, my, heard my spirit? What was that that God showed me? And you can't remember it. You can't remember it. See, we have, <clears throat> remember this. I have to be a good steward over the ideas of God that he gives me. In the same way that God wouldn't keep blessing me financially if I was a poor steward of my finances, why would God keep giving me ideas if I was a poor steward of his ideas? Let me, let me show it to you from a natural standpoint. If you were sitting at a table with somebody, pouring your heart out to them and literally telling them the deepest things that you're dealing with in your life, and they sat there not even paying attention to you and just looking at their phone and just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, 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 oh, wow. Oh, wow, that's crazy, bro. Oh, wow, that's crazy. If you did that, guess what you'd do? You'd stop pouring out your heart to that person. You'd stop talking and telling important things to that person because you would be able to clearly see they don't care. And so if God keeps pouring ideas out to you and you don't care enough to actually log them somehow, <laughs> why would he keep pouring ideas out to you? You're not being a good steward of the ideas he's given you already. So our desire is to be a good steward of the ideas and the strategies that the Holy Ghost is giving us. So let's read Isaiah first, and then I'll show you what I do. And you know, it's, I'm not saying you have to do it the way I do. I'm just going to say I researched it, and it works extremely well for me, and it changed my life since I started doing this. Isaiah 55, let's read verses eight and nine. God's speaking through the prophet here. Isaiah 55 verses eight and nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So catch this quickly, what God is saying through the prophet that his thoughts are nothing like our thoughts. His ways are nothing like our ways. 
as the heavens are so much higher than the earth, he's saying, that's how much higher my thoughts are than yours and my ways are than yours. So that gives us an incentive. Just understanding that principle gives us an incentive that through the mind of Christ, we gain access to the ways and the thoughts of God. I want you to say it by faith in the comments. I have access to the ways and the thoughts of God. I have access to the ways and the thoughts of God. I want you to write it down because it makes a difference. What do you think Ashley's got got access to? That God started blessing her financially through day trading, that she had no training. How do you think she got access to that? The Holy Ghost gave her access to the ways and thoughts of God. How do you think Caleb got access to just the Holy Spirit showing him how to operate complex video editing programs because the Holy Spirit was on him and he gained access to the ways and thoughts of God? How do you think I figured out web design and how do you think I figured out before there are any of these template website uh, platforms that you could use like Wix and I actually used to had to actually code websites. How do you think that I was able to figure that out? Not through any class, not by going to college, but because I gained access to the ways and the thoughts of God. Others that are on that are talking about the businesses that they never had before, never studied before and just started doing it. God started blessing. It's the ways and thoughts of God. I have access. You have access to the ways and the thoughts of God. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that uh, God made known his actions or his acts to the children of Israel but he made known his ways unto Moses. You understand? He made known his acts or his actions to the children of Israel, but he made known his ways unto Moses. I don't want to just know his actions. I want to know his ways. It's like that phrase that we've used for years. If you give a man a fish, he can eat for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. Why? Because in the first example, he only has access to your actions. But in the second example, he has access to your ways. And once he learns your ways, he can do what you do. You see that? Once he has access to your ways, he can do what you do. And that's what God said. Keep my word in your mouth and in your heart and in your mind. Obey it and listen to the Holy Spirit and you'll make your way prosperous. And you'll have good success. Why? Because you gained access to his ways and now you can do what he's empowered you to do. Same thing. Same thing. So if you didn't put in the comments, write it. I have access to the ways and thoughts of God. And that's the key behind this. You've got access to the ways and thoughts of God. So when he speaks, I should be listening. When he speaks, I should be listening to him speak. Not only should I be listening to him speak, I should be logging the thoughts of God. I should be writing them down somewhere. Now, let me me get into this. Not only should you be writing them down, but as a good steward of God's thoughts and his ways, not only should you be writing them down, you should be organizing them and categorizing them for easy recall. Let me say that again. Not only should you be writing down the thoughts of God, you should be organizing them and categorizing them for easy and quick recall. And there's a reason I say that because God doesn't just give you ideas and strategies randomly. They're attached to your purpose, 
something you're going to do for him later, something you're going to accomplish for the kingdom later. So what good does it do if you've gained a thousand thoughts from God and you have no idea where they're at? You've got just a bundle of thoughts. You've got a big catch-all of thoughts and you have to sit there for days trying to wade through thousands of things God's spoken to you throughout your life to get the one that pertains to what you're now doing. It's a waste of your time. It's not a good management of your time in the Holy Ghost or a good uh, management of, of what he's given you. So use tools in the natural to log the thoughts and ways of God. There's two that I really started looking at um, at the very beginning of when God spoke to me to do this. And I was convicted to be a better steward of God's thoughts. And because I would pray these things, I'd say, Lord, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let me have access to your ways and thoughts. Let me have divine revelation of your word. Show me things other people don't know. Give me access to wisdom that I shouldn't have. All that kind of stuff. I can pray like that. But then when he starts doing it, what am I going to do with it? I've got to log it. I've got to be responsible with it. I have to have access to it at any given time. So I started researching things because we always have our phones with us at any given moment. And uh, I said, well, there's got to be apps that I can use that will help me to log the thoughts and the ways of God. And um, the two that I looked at at the very beginning when I started doing this were an app called Evernote and an app called Microsoft OneNote. And I ended up choosing at the time Microsoft OneNote. And the reason, even though I'm an Apple guy, I chose Microsoft OneNote is because I really loved the way that it gave you a hierarchical system that would allow you to uh, organize what you were storing and what you were writing. So it starts out with the top system is notebooks. You get all, you can create as many notebooks as you want. Inside the notebooks, <coughs> you open up um, tabs. There are tabs in every notebook that can be a whole nother section. And then within each tab, there are pages. So that's a third level of hierarchical structure that allows you to organize your thoughts. And so what I'll do, and, and, and I'll give you another example. Let's say, for example, that I'm asking the Lord to show me things from his word on Bible prophecy, for example, okay? Um, uh, I'll start with a notebook that's called Bible prophecy. So everything I get under Bible prophecy is going to be in that notebook. I go to the next uh, section of structure in the hierarchical system, which is the tabs. So there might be multiple tabs under Bible prophecy. There might be the rapture, the tribulation, uh, the millennial reign, the second coming of Christ, the, etern the dateless future, um, all these different things, the antichrist. All these things might be under tabs under that notebook. But then let's go into, for example, the tribulation tab. There's multiple pages under the tribulation tab, each with a title. So let's say under the tribulation, I put um, the mark of the beast as one of the page uh, titles. I move down. Let's just say that I, I go into the four horsemen, and that's one of the uh, pages into that section. I go into plagues. Uh, bowls, you know, judgments, whatever. And what, what ends up happening is, and, and I love this feature, if I'm studying and the Holy Spirit's speaking to me and I'm browsing, I'm finding articles online written by prophecy scholars, I may not have the time to read it right now. I can tap one button, whether I'm in Google, Chrome, Firefox, Safari, whatever, I can tap one button and send that whole article instantly to OneNote that entire article, and I can say where I want it sent, what page I want it to be sent and embedded in. 
So literally, or if I'm studying, I have ideas that are coming to me for books that God wants me to write or songs God wants me to write or businesses he wants me to start or whatever it might be. I log it all structurally inside that app. And literally to this day, I've got thousands of things that are backed up, not only hard copy, but backed up on the cloud, available on every device that I have so that no matter if I'm on my laptop, my tablet, my phone, wherever, I and I get an idea, I can open it, quickly put it in. I, I can take pictures of things, videos of things, uh, literally write with my hand, whatever it is. And anything God shows me, anything God shows me, I can put it in and be a good steward of it and use it later and have access to it in an organized fashion, which is, let me tell you, if you don't think that's important, you've not had to wade through pages and pages of notes to try to get access to things God's spoken to you. I was listening to a man of God speak that's been at it for years and decades, really decades and decades. God's blessed him immensely. He's touched the world. He's written hundreds of books. And I was listening to him teach and he was older at the time of teaching this. And he said, you know, one of the regrets that he had, and I thought, man, that's so, so interesting. He said, one of the regrets that I have after writing, you know, probably over 200 books and preaching all over the world and doing all the things that I've done. He said, my major regret is that I never kept a personal book that was just for me. That was a book that was filled <clears throat> with every idea and thought and, and revelation <clears throat> that God had spoken to me. He said, it's not something that I would have to publish for other people. It's something that I would publish one copy for me. It would be in my briefcase. I would take it everywhere I went. I would continue to study it, study the things God showed me. I would continue to look through those things and never forget them. I would continue to look through and be able to preach from it to other people, speak, teach from it. And he said, my, my main regret is that I never kept an overall notebook for myself of all the things that God has shown me. And I had already been impressed by the Holy Spirit ahead of time to start logging the thoughts of God. But when I heard him say that, I was like, thank God that I've started this. I know it's the Holy Spirit. Thank God that I've started this already with one note and, and, and writing these things down because I don't want to, if Jesus were to tarry and the Holy and, and the rapture would not have taken a place by the time I'm 70 or whatever, 80, I don't want to get to the place in life where I say, man, I wish I had access to all the things God showed me throughout the years, all of those things that I somehow lost because I didn't write them down or log them. That doesn't have to be any of, any of ours watching this. It doesn't have to be our story because we now have access to wonderful tools that will help us to be good stewards of what God's showing us. And let me just say this. This might seem extremely practical, what I'm saying in this moment, but if you don't think God's ideas and strategies and revelations are important enough to write down and log and keep, you don't understand the value of what he's saying to you. You just don't. You don't understand the value. I was listening, and I've, I've shared this before. I was listening to this guy um, uh, talk about the fact that, and he was a hunter, and he was talking about the fact that he was up in his tree stand during deer season, early before the, before the sunrise, <clears throat> and he's literally praying in the spirit under his breath. <clears throat> and as he's praying, the Lord just dropped in his heart, dropped in his spirit, this idea for a new kind of hunting blind. And so for those of you that don't know what a hunting blind is, 
Um, it's it's a, either a small structure or even a wall that you can hide behind. It, it could even be netting or some sort of uh, concealment that keeps you hidden from the animals that you're hunting. Well, he had a new idea and the Lord gave it to him while he's in the tree stand. He got home that day and sketched the whole thing out, wrote it all down, even what it would look like. The Lord showed him how to make it to look like an old rotted out tree trunk, a big, big tree trunk that you could actually get inside and sit down that had windows that would open. You could shoot out the windows, but he wrote all this down, patented it, sent it to uh, an engineer to build a prototype uh, and all that. Then he took his took his product to a hunting expo and had his own booth at the hunting expo. And then a man who owned a hunting ranch in Texas saw his product and bought out his entire stock and put him in, put him on back order and literally in one day made the man a multimillionaire over one idea that God gave him in a tree stand while he was praying. If you don't think, see, if you don't think God's giving you ideas to build wealth in your life, you don't understand how God works. Listen, listen to Isaiah 48. Write this in the comments, Isaiah 48, 17. This needs to be known about God's nature. Isaiah 48, 17, pop it in the comments. God is giving you power to get wealth. He has given you power to get wealth. Listen to Isaiah 48, 17. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. 48, 17. Who teaches you to profit. P-R-O-F-I-T. Who leads you in the way that you should go. What's he saying? I'm your Redeemer. I'm teaching you to profit or to increase. To increase. I, just, I wanted to teach on this today because I don't want you to think that we're just going to go through 2020 saying, it's my year of violent increase. It's my year of expedited favor and just say it every day and not do anything to actually watch God bring it to pass. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to sow large seeds, but I'm also going to get access to the ways and thoughts of God and I'm going to prosper in 2020 in ways that I've never even imagined because I'm going to gain access to the ways and thoughts of God and so are you. And as a result, be faithful to step out, activate those thoughts and ways. And guess what? He'll teach us to profit. He will teach us to profit. It's going to be our story in 2020. Violent increase. And that includes financially. I told you while we were in, in Georgia, a man gave the testimony. He signed one contract that tripled his income, tripled his income for 2020. Can you imagine making $80,000 a year for the last five years? I make, I make 80,000 a year. That's your story. And then in one year, you make 20 or what? $240,000, 240. You jump up from 80,000 to a quarter of a million dollars in one year by signing one contract. God will do that for you. I said, God will do that for you. And that can be your story. God doesn't love that man more than he loves you. He'll give you access and open doors. God's empowered you to get wealth. Listen to, listen to uh, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8. 
1 Timothy 4.8, Paul writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy, teaching him this very principle. He said, um, while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. For the present life, before we get to heaven, godliness will cause you to be profitable in every area. Love you, Julie. Thanks for staying with us. In every area, and then also when you get to heaven. I had somebody literally was trying to debate me about this on YouTube two days ago. You know, talking about the falsehood of the fact God wants to bless you financially and all this other stuff. I said, understand, please understand that Paul even told Timothy that godliness is profitable in every way. He said, oh yeah, well, of course, of course there's blessings for serving the Lord, but there's spiritual blessings. If that's the case, how do you explain Paul telling Timothy godliness is of value in every way, in every way, not just in spiritual ways, in every way. Godliness causes value in your relationships, causes value in your mind, causes value in your physical body, causes value in your finances. Every way godliness is profitable. Godliness. Can I define this really easily and quickly for you? All godliness is, is obedience to God's word and his spirit. That's all godliness is. Very easy thing to understand. It's not hard. It's not complex. All godliness is, is obedience to the written word and God's spoken word by the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's all it is. And Paul said, if you're godly, if you're a godly person, it holds value. It is of value in every single way. My finances should benefit and become valuable from my godliness. The Bible teaches that. It it literally teaches that. My health, I should gain benefit and value in my health because of my godliness. No question. And so what am I encouraging you in 2020? I'm encouraging you that you've got the mind of Christ, number one, that you, let, let, let me, let me go there. I'm not quite done yet. Let me go to the book, gospel of John, go to John 14, because I want to hit this before we go. It's important that you hear it. Gospel of John. The 14th chapter. And let's start reading with the 15th verse. John 14, 15. Listen. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. There we are again with godliness. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that's the Holy Ghost, to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. And he dwells with you, and he will be in you. You see that? And he will be in you. It's the spirit of what? Truth. It's the spirit of truth. Now go over two chapters to John 16. 
the work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Let me start reading with, um, let's start reading with verse four. Actually, verse five. But now I'm going to him who sent me. John 16, four, uh, five. But now I'm going to him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. And none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you'll see me no longer, concerning judgment because the rule of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That's verse 13. He'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you things that are to come. He will glorify me and he'll take what is mine and declare it to you. All the father has is mine. Therefore, I said he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So notice that, that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. And when he comes to you, he teaches you. Listen to this. I got to get, I got to get this to you because if you don't see this, people say, well, brother, it's just, it's, it's not dependent upon you. It's dependent upon the Holy Spirit in you. Listen to verse 25 of, of John 14. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. Verse 26, but the helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. He will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit. I, I love that Jesus uses the word all because you can't then limit it to he'll teach you spiritual things or he'll teach you about the Bible or he'll teach you about, no, he will teach you all things, all things. And the Holy Spirit is your guide into truth and he's your teacher in all things. Don't ever say again, well, I'm not good with computers. Well, I don't know how to do that. Well, I'm not very smart in that area. I can't do this. Stop talking like that. Stop saying that. That is not who you are. Let's, deter let, let's declare it. I have the mind of Christ. I have access to the ways and thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit leads me into all truth. The Holy Spirit teaches me all things. And so you need to declare those things on a daily basis. Every day, I have the mind of Christ. I have access to the ways and thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit leads me into all truth and the Holy Spirit teaches me all things. If that's the case, stop saying you don't know it. Stop saying you can't do it. Stop saying your family's never been very good with this or, you know, our family's never been very good with money and our family's never, I, we, we never really, well, we don't know how, I've never done. Don't talk like that. I don't care what anybody else's truth is. It's not your truth. Start declaring, I can do all things through Christ. I'm a very wise investor. I'm a very wise businessman or woman. I'm a very wise planner. I have, the, I have access to the ways and thoughts of God. Today, God is giving me strategies 
to hear his voice and to do what he's called me to do. Today, I will be able to hear clearly what I should do for 2020. Today, God's opening my eyes to the doors he's opening for my future. And I'll walk through in wisdom and strength and power because the Holy Spirit is teaching me all things. Today, I want you to start talking like this. Today, ignorance is leaving my life. Today, a lack of understanding is leaving my life. And today, wisdom comes to me. Today, I mean, you just start talking like that and declaring what the Bible actually says about you, what it actually says about you. This year, I will build wealth like I never have for the kingdom of God. I declare this year in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit will teach me things I did not know that will cause me to be prosperous in ways I never have been before. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is giving me even tips on investing my money that will bring great returns because God has a desire and a plan for me to be wealthy in his kingdom and to be a generous sower and giver and to bless my family from generation to generation because the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. You start talking about yourself the way that God talks about you. That's how you're going to see these things come to pass. Stop confessing. I've talked about it on the broadcast even recently. The power of death and life are in the tongue. Have you ever thought to yourself, maybe the reason that those things have never come to pass is because you've been speaking them away from yourself by the power of your words? Could that be the case? Could that be the case? And let me just say before we pray that in James chapter one, the Bible is very clear. Listen to this, the fifth verse. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So literally, the Holy Spirit had one verse popped in there in James just for you to understand God wants you to be wise, and he's openly giving out wisdom to anyone that asks him for it. Anyone. To anybody that asks him, he'll give them divine wisdom because he wants you to have it. He wants you to be wise. He wants you to stand head and shoulders above the rest. If you feel like you're not wise in this moment, if you feel like you're not in a place where you you operate in wisdom, do what James said and ask God to give you wisdom and he will. He will give you, generously give you wisdom. And one translation says, and will not rebuke you for asking. He wants you to be wise. He wants you to have his strategies. He wants you to have access to his thoughts and ways. He wants you to operate in the mind of Christ. And find a way to log these thoughts, write them down, go back to them, thank God for them, and ask him for more. More thoughts, more strategies, more ways in the Holy Ghost. God will do it. This is going to be your year of increase. This is going to be the year you start your business. This is going to be the year that God blesses you financially. This will be the year that you sow the largest seeds you've ever sown. This is going to be the year that you see the greatest harvests that you've ever had. This is going to be your year of violent increase and expedited favor. In the mighty name of Jesus, let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person that's watching this, whether they're live right now or watching on the replay, I pray that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened that they may see the hope of your glorious calling. Give them access to your thoughts and to your ways. Give them access to divine strategies. Give them access to the, the leading that through open doors that will cause them to profit 
and to excel and to increase. Set them head and shoulders above the rest in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let this be the year that they shine brightly, that their path explodes with light. According to Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just is a shining light that shines ever brighter. Let their path explode with the light of God in this new year. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for it. And I give you praise that you're doing that for us because you love us and have a desire to see us increase in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you believe that and receive that prayer, pop it in the comments, either some emoji hands or write a big amen. Hallelujah. It's happening quickly for you. It's a year of violent increase and expedited favor. This is your year. This is your year in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you to kickstart that by sowing a seed of faith today. Step out in faith and sow a seed that's going to kickstart a harvest like you've never seen ever in your life. Let this be the year of the biggest seeds you've ever sown by the power of God. And I want to encourage you to stand with Carolyn and myself as we are literally doing more in one year than we have in the history of our ministry. We will touch more nations in this year. We will touch more homes in this year with the gospel of Christ than in the history of our ministry combined together. Ever. Ever. So I want to encourage you to sow a seed. You're welcome, Jake. God bless you. I pray that it helps you. I want to encourage you to take a minute. Those of you that are sewing on YouTube or on uh, Periscope or Facebook, you can put hashtag donate in the comments section. Those of you that are watching uh, on YouTube can use uh, Cash App or PayPal. Uh, you can also go to miracleword.com and you can sow a seed directly on the website. And we say thank you for doing that. We appreciate every person partnering with us. We love you and we pray for you on a weekly basis that God would increase you and bless you uh, abundantly and that this would be the greatest year that you've ever seen in the history of your life. Don't forget the next few days and of course tomorrow and Friday, I'm going to give you um, updates on this new course, Mountain Moving Faith, which I'm so excited about. If you want to see God move in a supernatural way, the only way to provoke him moving is by faith. God only honors faith. And this new course on Mountain Moving Faith will show you how to build strong faith and walk in the supernatural by faith. You will not want to miss it. It's without question the best course we've ever released in the university. Amen. Keep confessing it, Gene. And then also, those of you that are listening on the podcast, if you'd like to sow, right in the description of the podcast, there's a link you can click to sow your seed as well. And I want to say thank you for every person. As you know, that sowing in the month of January, $100 or more, we're going to be sending you God's Chosen Fast, the greatest book I've ever read on fasting and prayer. And then for those of you that give $1,000 or more in this month of January, and thanks to you, those of you that have already done so, we're going to be sending you a genuine leather New Living Translation Bible that I'm going to make out to you and your family as our way of saying thank you for partnering with us. If you'd like, if you've already sown a hundred or more this month and you'd like to claim this offer, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and uh, you can fill out the form there, especially for those of you that are giving by Cash App and PayPal. We want to have a way to receipt you uh, for your giving at the end of the year for tax purposes. And so we encourage you to fill out this form on miracleword.com so that we have your information and we know how to send you a receipt for your tax purposes as well. And so thank you very much 
for those of you that are sewing. We love you guys. Man, uh, it's, it's amazing that we're here, but it's day 21, and this is the final day of fasting. And I want to personally congratulate every single person. Um, and by the way, anyone that has any questions, I'm going to take about five minutes, five to seven minutes here at the end of the broadcast to answer any questions from today and do my best to help you. But congratulations to every person that took this time of 21 days of fasting and prayer. Uh, spend these final hours of the fast praying and asking God, first of all, thanking him for what he's done, but then also asking him to honor your faith during this fast and let 2020 be an explosive year in your life. And I know it will be. I know there's many people fasting and praying with us that it was the first time that you've ever done an extended fast in your Christian life. And uh, I want to commend you for that, for your faithfulness and for your obedience to the word of God to fast and pray as Jesus commanded. And so I want to say that uh, I appreciate you and your faithfulness to the kingdom. Never forget, God keeps a book of remembrance in heaven, the Bible says, and he is literally logging everything we're doing in faithfulness to his kingdom. And he will not forget our faithfulness. He'll not forget our diligence to obey his word and to obey the leading of his spirit. And he will bless us for everything that we're doing without question. You know why? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. he rewards you when you seek him with your whole heart. So congratulations uh, to everybody that has been fasting. And I don't know if you guys are breaking tonight after, you know, like late at six or eight, or if you're waiting till tomorrow morning to eat, but let me just give you a word of wisdom as well. Um, if you've fasted for 21 days straight uh, with liquids only, please uh, be careful in how you break your fast coming off the fast to eat. Um, be, be careful how you do that. Um, they tell us that for every uh, seven days or so that you fast, and this is especially true if you were doing water only, for every seven days that you fast, you should take one day to bring your body back into eating. So you need to be very easy on your digestive system <clears throat> for these next three days if you've been doing liquid only, and especially if you've been doing water only for 21 days, you need to be very easy. Maybe just eat some um, lettuce, maybe some raw spinach, a salad, maybe have a little soup uh, with some stuff in it. I wouldn't, don't go eat a steak, don't go eat a hamburger, don't go eat a bacon cheeseburger. I've come off fast that way before and you will regret it instantly if you do that. Um, but take it easy on your body and take a few days to get back into the flow of eating as normal. First of all, your stomach uh, has gotten smaller, obviously, during the fast. And so you're going to fill up a lot more quickly when you eat after you're done fasting. So don't gorge yourself. Don't overeat. You'll be tempted to, uh, if you've never fasted before and you've never experienced this, you will be tempted to overeat, especially on the uh, second day, because your hunger will come back uh, violently. Your hunger will, after you had a couple of meals, your hunger will come back violently. And you'll want to you know, go out and get a pizza, be easy on yourself and don't, don't damage or hurt yourself uh, coming off the fast, please <laughs> take some wisdom and do it the right way. But I love you guys so much. I'll be back. Carolyn is going to be back with me tomorrow and hopefully Friday. So those of you that have been asking for Carolyn, where is she? When's she coming back on the broadcast? 
She's going to be back with me tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And then also Friday, if we can get her 10.30 a.m. I had to talk to her agent um, to get her here, but I know it's going to be great. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging um, with me today. I hope this blessed you. If it did, take a minute and share it again. People need to hear this because God has blessings available that people aren't taking advantage of and they need to because God wants to lift you head and shoulders above the rest. I love you guys so much. Be blessed and have a phenomenal day. I'll talk to you again in the morning. See you later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.